Okay, welcome to Pat's Cast, the unofficial Regina Pat's podcast. We are a proud member of the Saskatchewan Podcast Network. I'm Matt. I'm Chris. I'm Steve. I'm Kevin. And this is our episode for October 6, 2019. Hi everyone, Matt here. Bit of a different episode this week. After a tough weekend, it might be a, a good thing. Normal Pat stuff goes till about that 1930 mark, so if that's all you want, you can end there. Otherwise, if you're into it, we had a lot of fun talking to Steve and Kevin from Ontario. They were out here doing a small tour of Saskatchewan WHL rinks. It's long, but it was a lot of fun to talk to them, and I think you'll enjoy it. If you're just wanting to that, listen to that portion, again, you can skip to that 1930 mark. Okay, we got a couple extra people in the, the quote-unquote studio tonight. Why don't you guys just give a little intro to who you are and what you're doing, and then uh, we'll we'll get into our Pats games, but we'll we'll keep it brief this week because I think you guys got some good stories. I'm Kevin Jordan. I'm uh, from London, Ontario. I'm a Knights fan. Uh, I have been to every rink in the OHL. I've been to most of the Quebec League. This was my first ever weekend experiencing the Western Hockey League, so I'm happy to be here. Uh, happy with the uh, hospitality we've experienced out at Western Saskatchewan this week, and uh, yeah, happy to have done it with Steve here. Yeah, and I'm uh, I'm Steve. I've actually I've appeared on your show once before, but yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, like Kevin, I've I've done all twenty in the OHL. I've done a handful in the Q, and now I've uh, I'm up to eight in the WHL, and uh, love coming, you know, doing road trips and doing some new ones. Good. So we'll get to your guys's experience in the in Saskatchewan. You did a little tour here. Let's knock off these Pats games. Uh, uh, I I don't even it's. I, you know, this is disappointing. I'm not going to lie. I, I'm usually pretty positive on this this podcast and uh, Game 4 against Medicine Hat. You guys were in Swift Current for your little tour there. I was at that game. Medicine Hat's a fast team. <laughs> really fast. It like, yeah. yeah we, uh, there was one point your, your girlfriend leaned over and said, are we that bad or are they that good? And I just, they were just that much better than us that day. It was... Uh, I don't know if you got a chance to see the I replay. Didn't, I didn't see anything. Nothing. Well, there's not much to see. Yeah. <laughs> Even if you did, you did see it. It was, uh, you know, we got out to, the first goal was kind of, uh, I would say, fluky. It was, it probably shouldn't have gone in, as far as that is. And then, uh, yeah, we had, it was 2-2 after after first. And from then on, it was. Seems like we have no gas in the second half it's still right like we had how many tie games going into the third and we've blown leads or blown ties and haven't been able to respond you know and then these other two games where we just haven't the pa game we yeah. didn't even show up I, I don't even think it's worth talking about every game individually because yeah, they're they're that sad we let's can look say, at it. Let's put it. let's put it this way uh i've now seen the pats play twice and maybe the third time i see them play they'll get to score a goal yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah wouldn't that be, <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice? Um, so essentially, we're scoreless in in eight periods. Okay. Scoreless in eight. Uh, we have been outshot 101 to 56, outscored 15 to two. We have uh, we're over 13 in the power play and given up 17 power plays. And the power plays look terrible. Like terrible. Absolutely terrible. Just I mean, I mean, stats can make anything look bad, but <laughs> <laughs> right, just compounding. We, 
We had 13 shots against PA. Five in the first, six in the second, two in the third period. I don't know about that. And then in the first, well, I guess it's the stats keepers. Yeah, yeah. And then in the first period in Moose Jaw, we, we had, had one, one shot. Yeah. So you're looking at a grand total for two periods, you had three shots going over two games. Yeah. Right? Yeah, like, it's, uh, I, I mean, even if the shot clock wasn't exactly accurate, that's yeah, that's still not yeah. good. <laughs> it's not like it was two more was going to make much of a difference, right? No. And I know but. one of the shots they actually counted was like a dump in from center that just <laughs> happened to hit the net in the third period last night. So, there you go. yeah, no, I mean we're dumping it in. We can't retrieve it. We got nothing on the power play. Our entries suck. Like we we've been rolling five forwards in PA and in Moose Jaw, and they still can't get anything going. Yeah, they couldn't even get set up. Like it's, I know there's been a lot of hate on on Twitter and Facebook. There have been. Yeah. Uh, so the game, the medicine hat game I saw, and sometimes it's a little different when you're watching in person. It, I, I got to give it to them. They didn't look like they weren't trying like medicine hat. They were still yeah. given it at least. I just, and I'm not going to pretend to be a hockey coach. I don't know the, <sighs> I, I'll say this as a neutral, neutral fan. Like yeah. there was a pushback this afternoon in Moose Jaw in the third period. Yeah. Like there was a little while there where the three of us thought, you know what, if they can just get one here, like they can be in this. And yeah. in the second half of that game, they, I don't, I don't want to say outplayed Moose Jaw, but they seemed like the better team for a stretch. They just, Moose Jaw kind of sat back, but they were kind of there and they, they had a post, they hit the post once this afternoon. It was just one of those, nothing could seem to go right for them when they were playing well. So is it the systems or is it coaching? Is it what? Everybody wants to blame the coach by sounds of it. But I mean, like we don't have the best, most but, skill. Like it, it just, but is the older guys too making mistakes? Like I know. Yeah, I know. Walker, usually a guy we're really high on made some brutal passes in that medicine hat game. Okay. Um, Feist was, yeah, Feist screwing up. good. Didn't look good. Didn't Moose game. Well, you know who the best expert to have on your podcast is? Is a bunch of guys from out east who have never seen the uh, Pats play before this weekend. I mean, as neutral fans, we both agreed that the Pats were getting screwed on some calls today. Yeah, like I try hard not to complain about officiating because like it's a fool's game. But as a neutral, you can sometimes have a better appreciation for when a team's getting screwed. And like the Pats definitely weren't getting the calls in the Moose Jaw today. The refing wasn't going our way, but the lines were going our way because there was... Yeah. Clearly, two icings that were icing, and an offside, and, yeah. and an offside. No, that was for. Oh, that was that for Moose Jaw, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. that was. Cl- <laughs> we were sitting right on the blue line, and it was clearly offside. And they're like, "Oh," and we're like, <laughs> "Well, <laughs> the first goal Moose Jaw scored." Oh, okay. So and I was, I saw it. And I was like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" I thought, I thought he had a stick between the legs, but okay. Then the replay is like, okay. Yeah. No, yeah. then we went, we watched the replay again after the game. We sat down for supper. We watched the replay. It was a clear cross-check. Clearly cross-checking that should never, you should have never even been given the chance to take that shot. So neutral here says it wasn't a good. Okay. So. And, uh, and also, like, I'm usually fair. It, it was a breakaway, but uh, I think Paddock should have had that one. And the second one. And the second one squeezed between his arm. And his, yeah. But he had a piece of it, but he didn't have enough. And Paddock has to be our best player because 
nobody else is stepping and, up. And he, he stopped the bleeding last night in PA. Like that could yeah. have been a way worse score than it was. And he True. came in and made some good saves. He and only let yeah. in one. Yeah. yeah. He, he let in one. And that one I didn't think was too good either. But it was a breakaway though. But Yeah, it was a breakaway. He left the whole top corner open. Yeah. But but my point is he, he definitely made that uh, closer game than it should have been. I know they hit three posts and I just kept saying, oh, well, he's covering the net. That's all he needs to cover. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, part of the equipment, right? I uh, mean, I was, I was disappointed in the Pierce getting his leg taken off behind the net right at the end of the second period. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a dangerous play. That's where injuries happen, and they didn't do anything. Yet. But it's Biblo. That's not a surprise. He was 10 feet away, and he didn't make a call. Yeah. Like, he is... Then we had Christian PA. I mean, he was okay, but you know it wasn't. I mean, they're we know they're the two terrible refs, yeah, right? Yeah. But I mean, that one behind the net, and then the Cole hit. I didn't really get a good replay of that, but he had his. He's already already the shortest guy on the ice, and then he's kind of got his. He's he was bent. bent over, he was bent, bent over, over yeah. right? And so that's just a dangerous. I like. I don't know if. I, I saw like one. Yeah, I saw one replay, and it looked like it might have been the shoulder, but I want to see it again. Yeah, it was it was pretty iffy hit yeah. to begin with, right? But nice to see Johnson step up, a sixteen year old guy, and just jump in and do what needs to be done because the refs weren't controlling the game. Anything else? I'm I'm disappointed this year. Like yeah. honestly, this year like last year, fine. We're gonna lose a bunch of games <clears throat> this year. But we didn't look this bad last year. We look we look bad, right? We look yes. Nothing like things are not working. No, and we're not one usually to. We're not really negative here. No, but things are positives. not looking good. And I, I mean, you're you're one in six. I know it's still early, but we kind of had a feeling this would happen going, going into the weekend. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We're like, it's going to be tough to get a win this weekend. Yeah, and here we are, one in yeah. six. And I, I w- what needs to change? <laughs> I don't know. how long do you got <laughs> yeah exactly like, or is it even feasible like is this well, season we were talking in the car on the way here about the uh the podcast could just basically wind up being uh one sentence like it was a shitty weekend and that's our show for this weekend but, you know. <laughs> tune in next week yeah i don't know Good what else to we say. have something else to talk about this weekend or this <laughs> the show really i'm glad we do because yeah. let's because that would be the end of the show right there <laughs> Yeah, let let's. I'm done. I <laughs> I'm not a band. I'm not gonna jump off the wagon. We're not gonna finish the. We're not gonna not do this anymore. But yeah, it's just a little that disappointing. Was, that was disappointing. Yeah, it would have been nice to actually hear some interviews after. It's too bad you weren't. I could have got credentials in PA if I wanted, <clears> but I mean, who really wants to go <laughs> listen to that? Tonight would, been, tonight would have been interesting to yeah. hear what was said. Yeah. Did you listen to the post game? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> well, they always interview a coach on the post game, right? So Harold yeah, or Mundane. Yeah. C- considering how that first period went today, though, I think three nothing is not that bad. <laughs> like, <You're>, I, <laughs> like I it, it looked like it was going to be another one of those. Like, oh, this is this could be a six nothing game again. But I mean, I like, mean, like I mentioned, you guys, you didn't quit in the third. I'll say that. And I mean, we sure we only had one shot in the first period, but we had zone time. We just couldn't put together any decent scoring chances. Like I bet you the play was close to 50-50 in the first period, despite one shot. Well, possession's always great, if, but you you need to do something with no, it. No, yeah, I know, exactly, it, right? And yeah. It's just nothing's working. No. And, and they looked like a team that's nothing working. Like, they looked snake bit. They looked like uh, 
There's a um, whole bunch of um, people who don't think that the shot they're going to take is going to go in right before they take it, right? Yeah. And, and as I mentioned, even though they did play well in the third today, they really didn't get, again, they still didn't get any dangerous scoring chances yep. in that time. So, they ha- again, they had the possession, and they had pressure in the third yeah. period, a lot more but, pressure than they had in the first. But, again, those those great age scoring chances never really came that again the the two goalies these last two nights those are a couple of the easiest shutouts they'll ever get yeah i'm just getting my uh trivia up here oh <coughs> we got one we got do you one. got it yeah we you said figure oh. one out so you, you got a good one since the tournament format was created in 1983 mm-hmm. only one team has won the memorial cup without being a league champion or a host who is it does money spark joy in your life or cause you stress? Well, if I have something that sparks joy, yeah. A little, if you have it, it's joyful. Yeah, but if you don't. <laughs> if you said stress, you're not alone. For 42% of Canadians, the biggest stressor comes from money. Mine today was fantasy football and the Seahawks, but pulled out both of those, so I guess I'm back down to, to money. <laughs> <laughs> so at Connexus, they care about your financial well-being. Being. Money doesn't have to be stressful, and Conexus is here to help. The Conexus Money Talk blog provides expert advice, tips, and solutions for all life's stages and events. Getting married, buying a house, budgeting, saving, they'll cover it all. Did I mention it's free? Not getting married. That is not free. No, not at all. I've been looking at that (laughs) soon. It is not cheap, yeah. You can do it okay, though. Um, anyways, check it out at connexusmoneytalk.ca and start feeling confident and stress-free about your money. Yeah, that's pretty tough. Okay. So it's someone that got in because, no, no, it would be someone that got in because the host was the winner of the league. league. Correct. Yes. Yes. Okay. So that's the only way it can happen. I'll give you a hint. It's post Oh, I'm the only one that doesn't know? Well, I don't know if Kevin knows it. Well, we were talking about it in the car, so yeah, you so kind of missed out a little bit here. Sorry, Matt, we're asking you. Yeah, yeah. he always <laughs> hangs me out to dry, so it's his turn this time. <laughs> like, which team has retired a number from a different sport? <laughs> we, we heard about that question, and Chris told us about that this weekend. It was yeah. like, what? Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> so, and, and you know what? The Dan Marino one I actually got, like, uh, I can kind of see it, but the Michael Jordan one was like, huh? Like, really? Dan Marino was more logical than Jordan? At least because it was in Miami, right? Like, I, I guess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, your other hint is it is more recent. Uh, it's not going back to like 1986 or something like that. Post 2000. Post 2000. Yeah. Post 2000. yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have no idea. Oh, I, I, I asked the question so Kevin can answer it. All right. So your answer is the 2006 Quebec Remparts, who have actually in their current incantation never won the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League Championship. So that year, Moncton was the Memorial Cup host, and they went in the front door as league champions. They beat Quebec in the final, so Quebec was the uh, Q representative. And uh, they came back, and uh, Moncton actually had won the Quebec League title. Moncton won the round-robin game, but uh, Quebec won the final. So they are the uh, true backdoor champions of the uh, CHL. Wow. (laughs) That's uh, pretty good. I do believe that was Patrick Waugh's first year behind the bench for the Rempire. Yes, yes, it was. I still like, I, I like mine too. I, I was pretty proud of it. I figured it out. Oh, okay. So as you guys may or may not know, Bob Ridley with the Medicine Hat Tigers. So he's, this isn't the trivia question, but he's been doing this since seventy seventy one. He's the play-by-play slash bus driver. Yeah. I don't know if he still drives the no, bus. No, he doesn't. <laughs> I would hope not. 
<laughs> I would hope not. Got to call a game like a three or four <laughs> overtime game in the playoffs <laughs> and then drive right. home. Yeah, yeah. So he's been doing it since he did before <laughs> seventy seventy one. Um, some argument about whether he should hang up the hang up the mic or not, but uh, <laughs> you get off on tangents sometimes and it's kind of worth play. If you get a chance, it's worth listening to one of his calls. Anyway, um, so it got me thinking about who's the longest tenured uh with one team um play by play so it i'm sure there might be some in some minor leagues and stuff like that but i only could really get data from from the major leagues so this one's kind of an interesting one um i'll give you the hmm, i'll give you the sport it's in baseball I was thinking it was going to be baseball. Okay, and it's kind of a unique one. Is it somebody still active, or are they, are they retired now? Uh, I think he says he's still doing it. This article is from 2017. It's Vin Scully? Scully. Yeah. It's not. Oh, so interesting. it's kind of unique because, I guess since we're not doing the tease here, it's actually the Spanish oh. broadcaster for the Dodgers. And he started the year they moved over there, which was 1959, and it's Jamie Jaron. So from, since 1959, he's been doing the Spanish Dodgers call. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Impressive. Yeah. That, yeah and then I, impressive. I looked up the longest for NHL, or at least uh, for hockey NHL, is Rick uh, Jernet. Yeah. yeah, with yeah. Buffalo. And then uh, 45 years, Mike Lang with Pittsburgh yeah. has been doing it. I know in London we had Pete James uh, was uh, started with the Knights when the year they started in 1965, and he he held on until uh, well into the 2000s. I don't remember what year he retired, although my I'm off the top of my head I'm going to say 2012. But uh, I know he was he uh, it was a point of pride for him to get to 50 years. So um, yeah, something like that. But uh, he was definitely a little long in the tooth by the time he retired. Uh, 80 year old guy in the broadcast booth wasn't uh, <laughs> necessarily going great, but uh, he was still a legend at the time he retired. Yeah, this is Medicine Hat's 50th year, so yeah. do you know how many games he's missed in those 50 years? I don't know. I'm, I'm sure it's written somewhere, but not one. many. One. Many. One? One. What was his excuse for the one? <laughs> yeah. He got sent to Saskatoon to cover some curling event. Oh, my like God. Like, way back. Or is either he sent or he, he had, I can't remember the exact story, or it was family playing in it in the final. Like It was like the Scotties or whatever the final and so yeah he's missed curling. one game yeah curling and sastoon again impressive but is that like you said family was playing is this <sighs> one like he involuntarily missed this game or he was sent there yeah i can't remember off the top of my head uh, we have to look it up after but it was something to do with curling i don't know if his family or if he had to cover it or somebody from medicine hat was in it and so he, they sent him out <laughs> to do it but yeah interesting so he's missed one game in those 50 years or 50th season good on him <laughs> Good. Yeah. Well, that's the one I thought of. I was, I was thinking of it. I, was, I tried to think of a team that we're playing and something related to them, and yeah, that's what that came good. to my mind. So, yeah. I don't have the schedule in front of me. We're not in our normal studio. I usually have the calendar right here. I can yeah. look at. And I can say who's who we're playing. Edmonton I know we got Edmonton Tuesday, right? on Tuesday, and then uh, so Vancouver Saturday night. That's gonna be. It's gonna be rough. Fun. Well, Tuesday is gonna be rough. Yeah, Edmonton's looking good already. Yeah. yeah. Vancouver's gonna be rough, and then Lethbridge. So and Lethbridge. I mean, <laughs> that's winnable, but mm, yeah. see how it goes. The way we're playing right now, 
yeah, nothing's winnable. Yeah, <laughs> no. So not anyway. not if you guys not if you guys keep playing like it was this weekend. Yeah. Some something's got to <clears throat> change. Yeah, for sure. But anyways, let's move on to let's, the weekend. Let's. Yeah, so yeah. we got our guests here today. You gave a little bit of uh, background on how many arenas you've been to. What? Give us an idea of your story, what you're doing, and why. All right, I, I'll start because I guess Steve's been on your show before, so uh, his story might be a little more familiar to you. But uh, basically, I was um, posting on an OHL message board back around the uh, turn of the millennium, and um, there was a really good community of people back then. And uh, you know, our old arena, the London Gardens, London Ice House, it was called then. I prefer calling it the Gardens now. Was closing, and uh, the 2002 season, a bunch of people from the message board um, decided to get together and go to a road game. And, um, yeah, just, it, we had a really good time. We went to Guelph for that first game and it was just, you know, I'd grown up going to the London gardens. I grew up five minutes or so by car from there. So, um, you know, I'd been going for my whole life, but it was really cool to, uh, get to experience a road game, uh, for the first time. And I was, uh, I guess I've been maybe 20 years old at that point. And so a whole bunch of us, there was, I think 11 people who went to that first game and, uh, just went on and, uh, started doing road games from there. And it kind of snowballed because back then the internet was still in its like independent pre-corporate phase. Uh, there was not a lot of information. I like to tell the story that the Sudbury Wolves of the OHL's website was actually designed and built by a group of sixth graders. It was literally at the bottom and the, the copyright, it said like designed by Mrs. McGillicuddy's sixth grade class in Sudbury. Was it GeoCities? Yeah, it looked like a GeoCities <laughs> website, yeah. But like back then, if you were going to a road game, like you couldn't find things like ticket prices or uh, like directions to the barn or anything like that. There was there was no information out there. So I, I had learned how to uh, do basic HTML programming when I was in high school, and I just thought, well, there's a, there's a use for this, and I would like to read this kind of website, so I'm going to make one. So I made ohlarenaguide.com, uh, launched in 2003, and it's still going. I mean, oh. I, I haven't really been... Uh, updating it a huge amount over the past, well, being honest, decade. Yeah. Because, <laughs> because once, uh, once you've been everywhere, there's not really anything to update, but, uh, okay. I tried to make it so that I could, uh, I, I went to all the, um, former arenas as well, like places that the league had played and has now abandoned or, uh, moved on teams have moved. And, um, anyway, I finished the OHL 2005, 2006. I went out to Newfoundland. I was a fan of the St. John's fog devils when they existed and started doing the Quebec league. And, not quite done the queue, but uh, I've sort of done the same thing. Launched QMJHL Arena Guide in, uh, I think it was 2007 was when I started that. And uh, yeah, I got out of junior hockey for a while. Kind of got disillusioned with how corporate it was getting. And uh, But I've kind of got back into it since meeting uh, Steve uh, several years ago. And last year we did a Quebec League road trip out to Bay Como and Chicoutimi and Rimouski. And uh, this year we wanted to go west with uh, Chris offering to host us and uh, be our guide for the weekend. It's been a good uh, good weekend. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, that's my, uh, that's my uh, addition to the program, just saying, yeah, but no. Um, Steve did a podcast of his own for five years. <laughs> yeah, it all has to There's a reason why, there's a reason why it's not on anymore. <laughs> we got burnt no. out. No. Um, we miss it though. Yeah. I, um, I, I had been going to uh, OHL games. My, my first one was in 2001. Ironically, a team I would become, I would become to loathing uh, Mississauga, but um I grew up in Brampton and uh, became a Brampton Battalion fan. And uh, as many know, they, do, they have moved on to North Bay, Ontario for greener pastures up there because we had nobody coming to the games. But I actually discovered uh, Kevin's website, ohlarenaguide.com, 
while sitting in grade 11 tech class in high school and <laughs> thought, uh, this, this is cool. I, and I had been to like a handful of OHL games at that point. I was just starting to, I think that was the year or was the year after that London had their team of the century, like, you know, won all those games in the Memorial cup. And, um, it was like, I, I just thought, man, I really want to do this. And, um, it was the 0708 season. I started kind of getting out there. I, I still didn't have a car, so I had to rely on other people. But I got to a few rinks that year, and um, I got my car in the in the summer of 2008. And then that 0809 season, uh, Brampton. It was the year they went to the finals. The only time they ever made it past the second round. And uh, I went to like 84 games that year and saw the entire league except for Ottawa. Um, so I got the OHL done pretty quickly and. Mm-hmm. For the next several years, it was just kind of just redoing the OHL over and over um, until I started going to Memorial Cups. I did my first one in Saskatoon in 2013, and I haven't missed one since. Um, There's been a couple that I haven't been to every game of, but for the most part, I've only missed a handful of Memorial Cup games in that time. So um, it was a couple of years ago where we started, I started branching out a little bit more. a, f- a friend of mine was had moved to Seattle for work for work, and he had been from Windsor, so he invited us out, and we went to a game in Seattle and Portland uh, two years ago, and uh, and at that point I had already been to um, Saskatoon and Red Deer for Memorial Cups, and and I'd already been to Quebec City, and then as Kevin mentioned, you know, last year that he and I went to uh, do Eastern Quebec, and this year we we did this, and I'm sure we're gonna have more in the future. We you know he's only got three rinks left to do in the queue. And they're very doable, so uh, I'd imagine that'll be on tap next year, maybe. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, the nice thing about uh, Ontario and Quebec uh, in terms of the way those leagues are is that the distances are a little shorter than the Western League. I mean, it's cool. Like in Saskatchewan here, you know, you can go to any of the, uh, if you're a Pats fan, you can do any of the local teams, plus probably Medicine Hat and Brandon and still come back in a day. And But, uh, you know, Vancouver or Victoria is pretty inaccessible to you. But from where I live in London, uh, the farthest away team is only about a seven-hour drive from Sault Ste. Marie. Um, the Quebec League, the distances are a little more like Cape Breton to Rouen. Aranda is probably 30 hours by bus but uh the um it, it is a lot easier to do it out there but uh you know now that we're flying especially uh steve works for uh one of our airlines here and so we can fly cheap and if, when you have accommodations paid for it makes it a lot more reasonable yeah like chris chris was a huge help obviously for for this weekend he i wouldn't have been able to come to the memorial cup if not for him uh you know in 2018 you know him mm-hmm. and amanda i hadn't even met him in person and he's like you can come out and stay and i was like <laughs> What does your girlfriend think about this? <laughs> and so, a big shout out to Amanda as well uh, for letting us for letting me stay and and Kevin this weekend. Yeah, they uh, believe that he wasn't a rapist, and he satis- <laughs> he uh, actually satisfied that uh, he by not raping anyone while he was there. Can confirm. Yes, <laughs> but, yes. Yeah, There's no warrants out, and it's gotten to the point actually now where I, like I've got 32 of the current 60 ranks in the CHL, and I know of the 28 that I still have to go. Uh, most of them are going to be pretty tough to get to, but at the same time. It'll take several, several years, but at the same time, I've kind of like almost got that goal in mind. Like maybe I can do all 60 one day and it would be pretty nice. Absolutely. Like we had the thought this weekend, like has anybody who doesn't work in hockey somehow ever done this? And we we probably think. No, there's not a chance. Yeah, there's no chance. (laughs) So, I mean. Like who's going to Prince George? Yeah. Bathurst. Scouts have done it. Sue. Yeah. Yeah. But like like, those outliers. Dave Branch probably has done it, but. Yeah, like, I mean, I've, uh, you know, most of the radio guys are people who work for the teams have been done their league, but how many of them have done another league, no. you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I can't I imagine. can't imagine. Sean Mullen might have met, had a good chance between uh, if he stayed in Peterborough, 
Yeah. He would have done oh. Oh, the O in the dub. Yeah. But, I mean, that leaves a yeah. whole other league. Exactly. Yeah. No, I, I can't imagine anyone well, had. And, and there might be guys like that already because I know there have been broadcasters over the years that have switched Switch leagues. leagues. Yeah. So there might be guys out there who have All done. All three leagues? All three, I don't yeah. know. The, yeah. I'm, I'm sure there are people that have done two of the three. Yeah, but yeah, probably. I mean, obviously, the biggest obstacle to that is that uh, most of the Quebec League is in Quebec. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, it, there are only so many uh, ob- opportunities out there for English-speaking broadcasters. I think, uh, obviously, Absolutely. Cape Breton and, uh, yeah, and Prince Cape Edward Breton. Island are the only ones that are, like, purely English out there. Like, the other ones, you'd need to have somebody at least who is bilingual. And we know in Cape Breton, they'll just let anyone on the radio. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Pat, if you're listening. Um, you were talking about the distances traveled, and it's funny because when you guys were <clears throat> doing this trip, I, the uh, they, someone a couple of years ago did a CHL distance traveled per team. So the Q had a really high, and then so Prince George was way yeah, up there. Portland. The Q had someone up quite high, and actually Regina was one of the lower in the WHL. Yeah. I, I think Portland was up there too. I believe. They yeah. Have some. Yeah. It's just those outliers, right? Yeah, the ones on the edge. But in the WHL, I guess it varies by year, right? Because in one yes. year, you're not going east or west and vice versa, right? So Yeah, like so this year, we're going to BC. Uh, oh, no, sorry. We're going to the States this yeah. year. But not BC. But not BC. BC yeah. comes here. So yeah. last year, travel is better. I mean, it's still, you're going to the coast. Yeah, it's still but, bad travel. Let's not let's not kid ourselves. But, yeah. But I mean, like the exact stats, I'm, I'm sure, yeah. slightly vary each year. Yeah, yeah. like... I mean, travel's exciting, right? Like, if you're into it. Like, I, I've driven from Ontario to Newfoundland. I've driven from Ontario to Vancouver before. And uh, But I, it, what really gets me about what these players do on a week-in, week-out basis is the fact that they're doing it every week, right? Like, yeah. it's just got to be so unbelievably exhausting. I mean, yeah, you're only doing one ridiculous road trip every single year. But even then, like, how far is it from Regina to Winnipeg, right? Like, I mean, seven hours, maybe? Uh, That's a little shorter than that. Uh, Yeah, but just under 600 kilometers. Yeah, But, I mean, we seen the bus. So we stopped off at the Brand Center on on Saturday. Yeah, Yeah, Saturday morning. It's all running together here. Saturday morning. And we seen the bus. They were loading up. And and we just stopped at the Brand Center. Then we took off. Like, we took a detour. Stopped in Humboldt on the way to PA, checked out the rink there, and the memorial and the rink, and then uh, then we get to PA, and then and we tooled around in PA, and then after that we seen the bus there loading up to go home, and that's another you know four or five four four and a half hours home. And, and I think I had asked, I was like, are they going home and then to Moose Jaw? Which I guess obviously after I, as soon as I asked the question, it, that is what makes the most sense. Yeah. But at the same yeah. time, it wouldn't have surprised me. It's like why not just stay there or drive to you know part way to moose jaw or something if you got to be there the next day anyway but yeah it's i guess for them it's it's like hey yeah. it's the bus driver that has to be up not them right so yeah yeah and then you know you get the quick turnaround on the sunday the four o'clock game instead of a seven but i mean that's the life in the dub right like four or five hours junior hockey period yeah yeah, yeah that's yeah. true yeah everyone's doing it yeah so it's the same for everybody good uh not to put you on the spot but <clears throat> how about some interesting stories from your travels you mean this weekend or in general (laughs) (laughs) no in general you got to have some pretty unique interesting stories with all the well i mean uh, the worst story is uh coming back from so plymouth the plymouth whalers were based in a detroit suburb and uh you know i i grew up going to detroit i have family there and uh 
I love the city of Detroit. Don't get me wrong. I, I wouldn't say a bad word about it, but it's it's nightmarishly scary and in places. <laughs> and uh, we were coming back from Detroit in or from I came in Plymouth in 2005, and 996 was under construction and closed at that point. So uh, we were coming. We came back via not that this will mean anything to you guys, but Telegraph Road up to uh, Eight Mile. And we were just going to take eight mile off to the Lodge Expressway, which is just sort of skirting the the M and M part of the city. It's not, say, is not that, is that a yeah. Like there are parts of eight mile that are in Grout and Gross Point that are perfectly nice, but um, yeah. So um, we're just driving down eight mile, and it's just starting to turn a little sketchier and a little sketchier and a little sketchier. And uh, we can tell something's dying on the car, like it sounds oh, like an no. alternator, and which is what it actually turned out to be. <laughs> so. Um, we did actually make it onto the Lodge Expressway, thank goodness, because we wound up dying about a, uh, maybe half a kilometer onto the expressway as opposed to on the side of the road in the middle of the neighborhood. So we basically sat there. We called a tow truck and called the police, and nobody came because that's <laughs> Detroit. And uh, eventually, um, after a couple of hours, we just literally stood out on the side of a, an interstate highway and just like flagged down a, ca- a taxi. And uh, it took us over the border into Windsor, which Windsor is a terrible place, but it's at least not dangerous. And so we got a hotel there. And then the next day, my dad came down and picked us up and took us home. And so that's the worst thing that's happened on a trip. Other than that, there's not really been a whole lot of bad experiences, but uh, it's been it's been fun. And one of the best parts of the whole list is um, getting to see different parts of the country that you'd never get to see otherwise. Like, why else would I have ever gone to Prince Albert's Saskatchewan? Exactly. <laughs> it was it was nice. I, you know, I liked it. And nice, great people. Yeah, great people there. Nice arena. But, uh, you know, there's, there's no possibility that you'd ever go up there otherwise if you're from southern Ontario. Even Regina, for that extent. Yeah, I'd, I'd never been to Regina before. It's my first trip here. It's a nice right. town. Yeah, yeah. And for someone who's driven across the country, like, yeah. Yeah, I, when we dri- did the uh, trip across the country, we tri- we went, got as far as Moose Jaw and then headed for the States. So we took the, I don't, know, I don't remember the number, but the road that goes down through uh, Estevan and then crossed there. Are you saying Moose Jaw was so bad that you decided to turn <laughs> south? I'm not, actually. Oh, that's a couple <laughs> After this weekend, he might have. <laughs> um, as, as far as, like, like Kevin said, I think you remember the bad a little bit easier than the good just because it sticks out because as far as I'm concerned there's no real one best moment other than maybe like I mean watching my team win an OHL finals game out scoring two goals in the final 30 seconds to to be down by one and then win the game was pretty amazing but you know meeting all the fantastic people like I, I can't say that most cities I would say like there's been someone awesome that you meet and I've created connections in a lot of OHL cities, and now as as we've seen WHL cities and and uh, Q cities as well. So um, th- that would be the good, obviously. But uh, I cert- you know, my my bad also has has to do with a vehicle, um, and it's my own stupid fault, really. Um, in 2014, I tried to drive. Uh, I, I wanted to do a bit of Guelph's mm-hmm. northern swing to North Bay and Sudbury. North Bay is about. I was living in Brampton at the time, though. I was a Guelph Storm fan, and. Um, it was about a three and a half hour drive up to North Bay and it was, um, the main highway going up there, uh, was closed for a 100 car pileup because we had severe, you know, whiteout conditions and whatnot. And the secondary highway was also closed, but there was a third road and I thought, well, I can do this. And I made it about 45 minutes. It was, it was a deal where it was like, if I can make it the first hour, the weather clears up and then I'll be fine the rest of the way. And I was about 45 minutes up. When someone uh, in a very bad whiteout crossed into my lane and hit me head on, and um, I believe it or not, I was fine. But uh, uh, other than being really sore, but I did lose a car on that one, and the trip didn't happen. But it kind of saved me because 
while we won that night in North Bay, the next night in Sudbury, we blew a 5 nothing lead and lost 6-5. So I was glad I wasn't there for that. <laughs> That's one way of looking at that, I guess. But, but my poor car didn't deserve that. So uh, highlights on rinks. What's uh, one of the best rinks? Well, for me, I mean, the one I grew up with is pretty much always going to be most people's answers, unless maybe your local rink is terrible or something. But, like, I grew up going to the London Gardens and uh, had season tickets there for the last several years. It was open, and it was just in a madhouse. It was insane all the time. It's a great place to watch hockey, like sitting right on top of the action uh, and intimate. And, uh, you know, I, I miss it a lot. I mean, obviously, the nights were terrible for most of my childhood and adolescence, and I, I don't begrudge, you know, we're now in a large building, and we... Uh, we're doing uh, very well here versus what we used to be. And, um, you know, success is good. I'm not going to be the one to say that, but I do miss the uh, atmosphere in the old building. But in terms of travels, I think my favorite rink I've ever done is Valdor, Quebec. It's just uh, for sim a lot of similar reasons to why I liked my old hometown rink. It was um, the seats are right on top of the action, insanely steep, uh, looking down on everything. Uh, the atmosphere, even for an early October game, was just incredible. And, um, I tend to be more interested in the barns too. Like, uh, you know, a lot of the new clone ranks are the same. Like Moose Jaw's building was pretty similar to a lot of others I've seen in the other two leagues. And there wasn't really a whole lot that was interesting or unique about it. But Prince Albert and Swift Current were both a lot of fun because they were different. Yeah. I mean, I get asked the question a lot, like what's your favorite rink that you've been to? And, and again, even though Guelph isn't exactly exciting, it is considered a clone rink. Uh, it's still home. So mm -hmm. that's where you feel comfortable. And, you, and I just love going there. Um, but I really don't, I can't say I have a favorite. I know I'll, I regard for this weekend, Prince Albert, I'm going to, you know, rate very highly. It was an, it was an awesome experience. I guess we'll get into that a little bit more, but, um, and, and like Kevin, I've kind of grown to appreciate the more, the barns more because I missed most of them in the OHL, uh, you know, right yeah. around the time I started doing trips was right after a bunch of them had just closed. Uh, so I didn't, so I'm, I'm getting to see hopefully a bunch in the queue, for example, uh, Gatineau is, should be getting a new rink at some point next season. And I've, it's the closest Q team to us in Ontario. So I just keep putting it off every year because it's right next to Ottawa. And I'm oh, like, I'll get there, there, I'll get there, okay. I'll get there. So now it's to the point where I'm like, I have to go this year. Or they, they think maybe it could be into next season where it opens, but there's a yeah. chance that yeah. it's ready for their home opener. So I better just get up there this season. But I will say this, comfiest seats ever are at the Moda Center in Portland and in Ramuski. Okay. I and Ramuski would probably be surprising. It's an old barn, but damn, it was it was comfy. Uh, have there been any new rinks that have captured that old kind of barn feel? Has, is that even possible? That's a good question. I mean, for me, I think part of the old barn feeling was from the fact that uh, a lot of um, what's happening these days in game presentation and all that is corporate. Like you know, they didn't used to have things like kiss cams and. Uh, you know, uh, people were more paying attention to the game, not on their phones. And I mean, I'm guilty of that as anybody else. Like I, you know, I was live tweeting all three games we were at and every stoppage in play, you're not really paying attention and not that I'm going to be getting up and screaming anyway. I mean, I'm old and, uh, don't care about who wins anyway, but, um, you know, I, I think that an era, a certain era of, um, fan culture has been lost a little bit in the past uh, few years. But, uh, so I, I don't know that that's necessarily the building's problems, but, uh, yeah, I mean, there have definitely been times where, uh, I've been in new buildings and they have been still rocking like the old ones, but you have to have, a, a um, promotions and game day staff that know how to, to work with the crowd rather than battling against them. And like London and Windsor, especially in, in the OHL, like they're just like, they have so many promotions to get through that it doesn't matter what the crowd's doing. Every stoppage in play is already pre pre-planned. 
we didn't get the sense in any of the three ranks we did this weekend that it's like that, but I'm sure there are places like that in the Western League as well. Yeah. I, I would have to say, like, the closest I've seen to it would maybe be Niagara. Uh, and maybe the first couple years that Windsor had their their new rink open, when, when Windsor moved the WFCU Center, it was such a night and day experience from their old arena at the barn, but which was literally a barn. But um, but uh, you know they they were Memorial Cup champions a couple of years in a row and had a third year where they went to the conference finals, so they were riding high, and um, you know they they were riding so high that everyone the, the rink was packed every night. And their fans were still very intense and into it, so it gave it an atmosphere. But since then, they've since 2011, they have not won a playoff series, and their team management has done everything they could since then to drive fans away. So <clears> now <throat> it's totally dead. Um, but Niagara, they played in a 3,100 seat barn or 3,100 capacity barn, I should say, that was built in the 1930s, and they got their new rink about uh, four years ago, and. While there are a couple nights that are iffy, they still seem to draw very well, and I've been to some games that are pretty loud, but nothing really captures what you get in an old barn, and, and a lot of it because of what Kevin said, just the times have changed, and it's just it's not the way it was in the even even in the early two thousands, it's not like that anymore. Yeah, that's interesting. You mentioned the it's not just the building; it's what goes on in it <laughs> and we noticed that at pat's games too <clears throat> i mean it, we haven't changed venues but back in the the 90s it was uh the agra tome they called it right because it's the agra tome and it was uh there was nothing going on it was just no. the game there's no no noises in between i don't even know if they played music uh at during breaks in the play <clears throat> and it's almost gone full swing now that it's yeah it's constant it yeah, does not stop. It like is we just had the one preseason game there where they didn't do anything. Yeah. It was just the game. And it was like, oh. It's it's constant nice. promotions. It's constant yeah. music. It's And even and the promotions now. So like the tractor race was they'd go find three kids in yeah. the stands. And um, each kid would pick one, two, or three. And then yeah. whoever, whoever won the race won the prize, right? Yeah. Well, now you do it on your phone. Like it's yeah. not a, it, they're the trivia oh. on your phone too. Yeah, the trivia on your phone. Like they're gearing it towards your phone rather than trying to keep the actual audience engaged into things. And I don't know if that. I don't know if it's driving people away, but I don't. Is it bringing people in too? Like, is it enough to get? Well, people who don't care enough there, about hockey. There is a way to do it, right? Like, I mean, part of the reason why um, I got into junior hockey so much in the like, I mean, I grew up with it, but part of the reason that I got so into junior hockey in the uh, early mid two thousands was because of the fact that uh, you know where I live in London, we're about two hour drive from three different NHL teams, and all three of them at that time were uh, you know the Leafs had left the uh, Maple Leaf Gardens, and the, the the Red Wings were impossible to get tickets for, and Buffalo was. Uh, the promotions there were crazy. And so, you know, the atmosphere that I'd grown up with in these old NHL ranks were gone and um, had been replaced by this new corporate thing with constant promotions and like way too loud music and that sort of thing. And junior hockey still felt pure and uh, untainted. And I really enjoyed that. And and uh, by the 2010 or, or so, like junior hockey had completely gone in the same direction as the NHL. And what I found now, like I've been to, I, I'm six away from finishing the NHL, well, seven, I guess, if you include Vegas, but I'm set from uh, finishing the NHL. And um, the NHL, most of the teams now have learned 
how to seamlessly integrate promotions into the game presentation so that like they, you know, the game day staff knows, okay, if the fans get going, maybe we'll hold off on this promotion until next time. I mean, obviously if you get a TV timeout, like the fan, the cherry is not going to survive that anyway, but, uh, mm -hmm. you know, they're way, way better at it in most places than they used to be. And so the atmosphere in places like old school places, like your Philadelphia's or your New York's or Boston's or Chicago's has really come back a lot in a way that it wasn't maybe 20 years ago. And uh, the OHL is sort of still in that awkward phase. Uh, I don't know if it's the same in the at West, but a lot of the junior burns that you go to these days, it's still, you know, in a large part, these are amateurs, not just on the ice, but they're the people running the show are amateurs. It's, you know, teenagers running the video board and they don't really have a sense of how to run the show so that it doesn't interfere or interrupt or detract from what's going on. Yeah, uh, it's on. a developmental league for everybody. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, Double. you can set your watch to the paths. It's the same things at every breakage right yeah same for most it's same thing in yeah. golf it's the same thing everywhere yeah 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 completely yeah i used to be able to tell like i could predict what song was going to get played next like they <laughs> it's like they had uh in in london in the early 2000s like they had a, a couple of the big shiny tunes albums and uh <laughs> and like a couple other things and like you could actually tell okay and, and yeah like you could tell what to, what point of the game it was by what song they were playing like it was the same every yeah. single time yeah well we have a dj now Ooh. so he uh mm -hmm changes it up a little bit yeah i guess but i, I don't really have i see no absolutely dials yeah, they're, they're, the thing. i see no point to that but i, I but remember I like in kitchener a, a few years ago they started doing a thing like tweet your song requests and stuff but then it just turns into like a bunch of kids going i want to hear like and and that's the thing i can't or, even think of something because we're rolling every yeah like <laughs> i can't think uh, i'm not up on new music so yeah. i don't know um but it's it's that type of thing right like stuff yeah. where all the old time season ticket holders are just like, what the hell is this? You yeah. know? And yeah. Whereas I'm for Bodie McBoatface. Like, yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> I want to listen to Bodie McBoatface or the musical equivalent to that. Yeah. yeah. Never rely on the taste of the public. <laughs> well, and speaking of that, like, so we got a new goal song this year. I don't know what it was last year. I don't know what song it was, but so this year our goal song is, Two Princes by the Spin Doctors. <laughs> <laughs> and that that's just funny to me right now because on the way on the plane, on the way out here, I was watching South Park. And it was when, if for anyone uh, familiar with South Park, it was when uh, Stan's dad, Randy, they moved and he created a weed farm. And then he, he knitted Stan a new hat out of hemp. And it was, it was like a really long one with the things that went down. And every time you put the hat on, the two princes started playing. And they take it off and it instantly turn <laughs> off. So, so yeah, that's our goal song. And I've got to get to the bottom of that. I think it's team issued by... Well, Prince Albert's goal song is Run Around Sue, which, I mean, you, you guys <laughs> yeah, may exactly. have known, but I was shocked at that. I, it's like, okay, yeah. that, that's different. Yeah, unless Ozzy Wiseblatt scores. Mm -hmm. Then it's crazy yeah. train. Yeah. And he scored one. Oh, so yeah. it was it was his bobblehead night after all. And it was right. his bobblehead night. Did you get one? We did get one. It's nice. Right behind you. We can open up live on, <laughs> on, on the on show Twitter. here. Live unboxing. These get a lot of views on uh, This is where the Pats cast really takes off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Aussie wise butt bobblehead. I was wow. saying like I've literally never advertised any of my website or creative endeavors whatsoever and it's just like saw you guys with like they have the WHL Pats cast things on the back of their cars and I was like that's a great oh, yeah. idea why didn't I ever think of this okay. he's got a uh, concussion <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah what are those so he doesn't get rattled yeah his, oh look at that he's standing on a milk crate yeah of mm -hmm. course oh yeah the milk crate that is brilliant that's yes. actually really well that's done. well done yes. wow 
Yeah, we, we, we were told the story of the milk crates, and it's just like that. That's kind of cool. Milk <laughs> crates and step ladders, and yeah. Like, what other team in the CHL actually has a now official no milk crate policy? Gotta be <laughs> only be Prince Albert. Yeah. That is, uh, that's pretty good, actually. I'm impressed yeah. with the milk crate part of it. I love Prince Albert. Like, I just, uh, I know this is the Pats cast and not the Raider cast here. And I mean, I nothing for or against either team. I don't, I don't, I don't care. No, like, no, realistically. Yeah, but well, let's like, go, let's go but see it was, it was so much here. fun. Yeah. yeah we'll let's, start uh, Friday, I guess. So, you guys came out here, flew in on a pretty early flight. Yeah, we came in Friday morning pretty early. Okay. Earlier than any of us, w- either of us would have liked, but it's the necessary evil. Yeah, and not not only did we see three games, we went to all five buildings right. in Saskatchewan. Yeah. So we, we went right to the Agrodome, walked in, the door was open. We went, walked in, took some pictures for Kevin. He hadn't been inside. Steve's yeah. obviously been here before. Yeah. but So we got in there, and then, yeah, then we... Uh, well, just Steve, you've seen games in the Brandt Center. You haven't. Any impressions? I mean, it's it's an older rink. It's the seventies. Yeah, I mean, I mean, mine is skewed a little bit because it was a Memorial Cup, yeah. so the crowd was yeah. varied. But I remember the semifinal when you guys beat Hamilton to punch your ticket to the final. It being pretty loud, and and you know there had been a few games earlier in that week that had not drawn very well. Um, not so much the Pats games, obviously, but you know it, it seems like if if I came back for like. If I were to be here for like a Pats playoff game or something, I think it would be a pretty rockin' barn, and I'm sure it has been in the past. But yeah, it was. How, it how long do you there. have? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, I got work on Tuesday. So, but yeah. Uh, but yeah. Oh, you mean yeah? No, I'm getting yeah. It yeah. It's it, but um but it, you know what? I, I think there's enough of a, an atmosphere and an edge there, even though you guys are obviously second fiddle of the riders. Like, um, but yeah. it, it, I I I like the Agrodome. Um, and it's a it's a good rink, and I I wouldn't mind actually coming back, even though I've done it before. I've done eight games there for Memorial Cup. I wouldn't mind doing like a regular Pats game. Yeah, I mean, I don't have a whole lot to say. I liked it. it it's a nice building. Um, not much from the outside, but from the inside, it's it was cool. I I definitely would would happily come back. Kevin did notice it from the plane. Yeah, <laughs> yeah my hard opinion, to hard to miss. it's aged well. Um, yeah, definitely. Until you maybe go into the washrooms, and they still got the old. I was thinking about that on Friday. Oh, yeah. gotta. There's these big sinks that you push down, and, and people yeah. who don't know just go up to them, and they think they're maybe hand. No, 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 no. no. They are not. They are not motion operated. Elementary are, school special. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, at least gotta, the troughs are gone. Yeah, right? the troughs are gone. Yeah. I don't know why people have this like really fantasized memories of peeing in a trough next to everyone. Like, what is that? I don't get I've it. Everyone's like, oh, I've done it, but it's it's just like people people like, oh, I I wish for the troughs to be back. It's like, why? I Wait, who said that? <laughs> yeah, I know some weird people. Fair enough. You know, I, I, I remember, yeah, the, the trough urinals at uh, Tiger Stadium in Detroit. I remember going there when I was 10 years old and just, like, not having, a, like, just, it's like, okay, what do you do? So wrapping up yeah. Regina, and then you guys were off to um, Swift Current that night. Yeah. So what was the drive? Well, uh, I'm going to interrupt that just a little bit. My, okay. So my Western Hockey League story is that even though this was Friday night was my first ever Western Hockey League game, but because arenas are kind of my thing, I have been out west before. I did uh, Jets, uh, Flames, and Oilers last year, and um, my sister-in-law lives in Vancouver, and we, we, she got married in 2015 out there, and we drove, my wife and I drove out there and drove back. So I figured out, like, I've been to, like, all but six of the Western Hockey League buildings already, like, uh, including this weekend. 
So like we, I've been in Swift Current before. Like uh, I w- drove by in 2015, the summer of 2015. They had the ice in. Like took a walk around the building. Like and I was just like, I got to come back here for a game. This place is fantastic. Like yeah. just a nice tiny old barn and. Uh, you know, it, it was uh, definitely top of the list. Like, I didn't care uh, where we went for the third game this weekend, but I, w- I knew I wanted to see the two barns, Saskatchewan Barns, while we still could before they were open. But, uh, yeah, like, I've been to, like, Lethbridge and Moose Jaw, Red Deer, and stuff like that already. Never seen games in any of them, but, uh, you know, we've seen all of them. And the IPlex is kind of unique because it mm-hmm. is old with a new part kind of jammed onto it the curling rinks yeah and lots of places have done that like prince albert's like that too is but, it uh, yeah, yeah there's the lots of places in the east that are like that too yeah the front concourse is pretty nice in pa same thing yeah. just slammed on ramuski same thing in the queue like old arena and then this beautiful new atrium on the front so. okay um yeah swift current was i was looking forward to it um we did stop at the uh, the memorial on the way to town right um that was that was kind of I don't want to say if neat's the right word, but it was something I wanted to see and, and a bit surreal. Yeah, and, it was, uh, it was yeah. finally do like you were saying it just come up. But you know that's like two new. years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah I yeah, lived in Swift Current yeah. for years, and it and wasn't it, there. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't there in 2015. I know because I wanted to know where the crash was. Which is, it's kind of odd that it took yeah. that long for them to put anything. Thirty yeah. years. Yeah. 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 So it's good that it's there, and it's yeah. really well done. So yeah, it was well done. So we went and saw that, and um, got into town, and. Um, you know the rink. It's it's it, gave, it reminded me a lot of Owen Sound in the OHL, but a bit smaller. And if you're an OHL fan, you would think, how can you get smaller than that and still still have a, a building going going strong? But uh, I did like their kind of at the one end. They had that. They have that. You know, um, what what did you you kind of had a good word for it? Lobby. Yeah, lobby. I guess whatever. The cafeteria. Uh, cafeteria. Yeah. <laughs> But, you know, it, it just it made for, like, a good meeting place, I guess, at intermission for people. and uh, Yeah, f- food was really good there. I don't usually eat arena food. Like, a lot of, um, like, ballpark and arena websites out there are, like, they, they rate the food. And I was like, I don't, I don't want to eat a hot dog at every place that I go. Like, it sounds <laughs> awful. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, we, we did eat uh, at the rink there, and it was uh, the food was, was surprisingly good. Yeah, um, it was a $5 sausage special. So oh, it wasn't yeah. a hot dog. It was did they sausage. have the – when uh, – so they had the player – his name was Tyler Steenbergen, right? Scored the winning goal, right? I they had the to look. They had the Steenberger mm-hmm. for know. a while. Yeah, I don't know if they still have it. I totally forgot about that. I was thinking about it, and then I... So I, I lived in Swift Current. They used to do... Was it Tooney Tuesdays? They don't play a lot of Tuesday games. It was... Or went... Yeah. Toonie Wednesday, but that doesn't rhyme. <laughs> but but it like it, something it you guys probably wouldn't even notice this because it just registers as normal. But I mean, something that we I, I noticed, I imagine Steve did as well, is like all the ads on rink boards for like farm equipment companies and like <laughs> yeah. seeds and all this stuff, like <laughs> fertilizer, uh, yeah, tractor like, land. Like yeah, like I'm from farm country. Like uh, you know, southern Ontario is a very fertile farmland. You can grow all kinds of stuff there, but it's not it's not permeating the culture in the same way as it is out here. So it was kind of neat to see that and like guys in the stands with cowboy hats and you know yeah. mustaches that went out of fashion 30 years ago <laughs> and that's just uh, it, it was a throwback in all of the best possible ways well swift current is uh nobody's swift and nothing's current <laughs> I, I i was i was mad at first but then i had to thank the broncos uh because you know i'm i'm a jersey collector and, and i'm a sucker for buying a game-worn jersey and um the broncos had several game worns for sale and they're a beautiful jersey and then I saw the price. I think the lowest we saw was about three fifty. Yeah. And 
at first I was like, oh, that's that's that sucks. But then I thought, you know what? Thanks for making this an easy choice, right? <laughs> and even like I was going to buy a T-shirt, and honestly, the the, the only one that I kind of that I liked was like a long sleeve T-shirt, and they wanted um, fifty bucks for it. And it's just like, yeah, I'm buying a puck and uh, buy. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. um, but the one thing that that kind of disappointed me about Swift Current, and I've heard great things about the atmosphere there. Uh, and I have no doubt that when that place is full and in, a, in a, the right situation, that place probably is insanely loud. And I've, uh, I've heard that this weekend. But, you know, maybe just we're not there at the right time. Uh, I think I heard it holds like 2,800 and there was maybe 17 yeah, there was, in the building. It was, pretty empty. It, was, it was maybe a little over half full. And the people who were there just didn't seem to care. And it was a close game. Uh, for most part, it, yeah. was, it was three one till late until the two last one. couple. Of, yeah, it was two, two one. one until the third, and then it was three one kind of halfway through the third, and then there was an empty netter. But um, it was just one of those like even when things were happening, no one seemed to care, other than the one goal they scored in the second. Yeah, like for my first Western Hockey League game, it was everything I was expecting, which is Brent Sutter was there, and there was <laughs> it was defensive, and most of the game, way through the game, it was two one. So. Yeah. A lot of hits, though. A lot of hitting. So yep. speak, speak to that a little more, the the difference in the games. Are they that different? No, not anymore. Oh, okay. <laughs> One, yes, once upon a time. Uh, yeah. you know, it, like it used to be, like, well, I mean, way back in the 70s, like the Western Hockey League was the high-scoring league. Yeah. You know, but, uh, you know, the, the Quebec League hasn't been the weak sister for many, a very long time. And, um, you know, the style of play has been standardized a lot across the leagues. Like there's a little like minor rule changes and stuff like, you know, they are still independent leagues and they run their own shows, but no, like I didn't notice a difference in the style of play. Okay. No, there, there's each coaches have their own style. And, you know, I would say like, you know, you, you take a look at a Brent Sutter game and that's very similar to what you'll see with a Stan Butler game in the OHL with, with the battalion. So, mm-hmm. you know, lock it down you get your two, one lead and, you know, you don't you get your... Yeah, exactly. So it's it, it's just, uh, you know, it didn't make for the most exciting game. And on right. top of that, the, the fans weren't super into it. But I don't want to talk too bad about their fans or anything. This isn't a knock on them. It's just one of those nights. It's a it's an early season game, and they're coming off a very bad season. You and know, it just didn't. Against a team that isn't very exciting yeah. either. And yeah. they got beat 5-1. It just didn't make for a great atmosphere. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I would agree with that. Like, I mean, you know, I'm sure that I've, I've heard lots of stories about how great Swift is. And so, like, I, I'm sure that what we saw wasn't representative of how good it can get. But, you know, the building was still cool. Like, uh, a very, very intimate. Um, one of the smaller buildings I've ever seen. Like, it reminded me in a lot of ways of um, the old St. Mike's building in Toronto where it holds, held 1,600 people. Like, the same barrel roof and the same, like, spread on top of the action seats. Like, I would enjoy going to games there more regularly uh it's just we didn't happen to see a very good game that's all right yeah one thing they have the new screen there that was very nice yes yeah yeah they got it seems like every team that wins the dub yeah it gets a new <laughs> so it was after their championship they they got a new screen so and it was lighting. there last year yeah i it was i'm okay. pretty sure yeah yeah okay. and then yeah pa had their new yeah screen I, I i talked to the guys in pa they said it was new this year yeah yeah so. yeah but um, yeah, but at the same time, you know, I'm happy I got to a game in Swift Current. Like, and I know Barnes are are becoming a thing in the past in the W as they are in the OHL. If you want Barnes, my advice would be to go to the Q. <laughs> There's a lot over there, but Ruan um, is a literal barn from the yeah. pictures I've seen. But uh, but yeah, it, I'm I'm glad we got there, and it wasn't the most exciting game, it wasn't the most exciting atmosphere. So it's not exactly the but the most glowing review I can give it, but I mean, it's it's what happened, right? Yeah. yeah. 
And then you were you drove back to Regina that night? Yeah. Came back to Regina, then uh, up in the morning again. Okay, so up on your way to PA, but a little a little detour? Yeah, we thought we'd check out Humboldt because it's yeah. not far out of the way. So we went and checked out the rink. And nothing to Swift being the community center, we were able to get in before the game and get some clean oh, shots yeah, of yeah. the arena. Because it's always open. Yeah. yeah, it's always open. And then they were like shooing us out at 6 o'clock <laughs> to yeah, close you, the doors. So you can come back in with your yeah. ticket. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So then we went, grabbed a beer, yeah. came back, and got in. So Yeah, Humboldt was heartbreaking. Like, I mean, yeah. I was on a cruise in the Caribbean when that happened, and uh, it was like the talk of the ship. Like, oh, really? you, yeah, like it was, you know, the the story of what happened there went way beyond the borders of Saskatchewan or even in Canada. But, uh, yep. you know, if you haven't been up there since that happened, like they've got a banner for in the rafters for every member of the team. And like all the people who died are on one row, and then all the people who survived are on the next one. And, uh, yeah, it's just the enormity of what happened, uh, there really is driven home. Cause it's not even like, like taking nothing away from the Broncos bus crash, but, uh, you know, they lost half the team up in Humboldt and it's one thing to hear about it or to see it on the news or anything like that, but to actually go, go into the building and sit in the stands there and look up in the rafters and see like the banners for, you know, 14 people or whatever it was that died is just yeah. really, really heartbreaking. They had a, they had a good, uh. They had a good memorial in the lobby too, with a, a little banner for every person that was on the bus and a lot of mementos in, in this kind of trophy case kind of thing. So that was really nice and a little bit, a little bit um, awe-inspiring, sad, but it's so many emotions, yeah, right? You watch yeah. that. So they still had the sticks out beside the the front door of the rink. So, right. um, but. On, on a lighter note, as far as a hockey rink is concerned, it was pretty cool. Uh, not many junior teams of that level have video boards in the st- in, the, in the rafters, so yeah. I have yeah, to say... It's nice of the moose trust. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Well, we didn't see it turned on, but no. I would imagine it's nicer than moose jaws from yeah. what we saw. We'll get there, but um, you know what? It looks it looked like a great barn. Yeah, so. and I've, I've been moose there Jaws board was here. a 16-bit one. It looked like the Super NES. <laughs> yeah. I've been to a game there. It was a playoff. It was a final, SJ final, last time they won it in 2012, and it was a pretty good barn to be in. Like, it's decent seating. Like, it's a nice rink. Um, I heard someone was collecting all the the stuff that was sent to them and and, lack of a better word, memorabilia around the crash. Was that accessible was that some, something no, that, someone was setting was, something up there was a sign at, so the memorial display at the arena there was a sign saying basically if you want to know more about it there's a the humboldt city museum has a whole exhibition oh, okay. going on so i assume yeah. it's all there yeah, yeah. that must okay. be it okay and then you were did you go to pa then or stop in saskatoon first no then we went to pa so i mean just pa as a city i mean you've seen the rest of saskatchewan it's it is what it is but getting up there that's where I think Saskatchewan shines when you get up into that. Uh, it's really kind of the start of the Canadian Shield, and you get in into the to the forests and whatnot. And I mean, even people from Saskatchewan haven't been to PA. There's a lot yeah. of people I talk to I haven't been up there. It's That's not on the way to anywhere. Yeah, like uh, like well, you wouldn't just go through on the. Uh, but there's a national park something. just yeah. a couple yeah. uh, hundred kilometers north of there. You gotta be yeah. dedicated. You gotta be dedicated. Like you gotta be needing something up there to go there. Well, that's right? why like, you go. You go there. Because of what it is, in my opinion. Yeah. It, I don't. I, I see where you're coming from. I see where they're coming from, right? Like, yeah, it's not, you know, it's not on the way to somewhere else or Saskatoon. It's it is the end of the line population wise, but there is yeah. so much to explore up there. Yeah, and it's beautiful. And mm-hmm. that's my first time yeah. there, and 
hopefully it's not the last because I do want to check out yeah. the national park I, and all I, that stuff. I think it's something like if you're like like you guys being here in Regina, it, it's a bit of a drive, but it's it's not inaccessible to you. No. So yeah. yeah, maybe going up there to explore, but for someone like myself from Ontario, right? Like well, it's just like when would I ever? No, and I wouldn't expect go. you. But I'm honestly, there's people. There's a lot. <laughs> this I, guy over here who have never even been up there, yeah. and yeah. it's but a whole different world. Like I'm an arena junkie. Maybe if I was like a national park junkie, yeah. and the, and I'm yeah. sure there are those people. Yeah. They would be like, let's go to Prince Albert. There's a national park up yeah. there. Yeah. Every year they go to a different national park. Yeah, yeah it was there. It was nice. Like um, definitely part of the reason that I'm still doing this is because you're searching for new experiences and like, I'm going to be in Vancouver and going to go see the Canucks in February, going to go see my sister-in-law and her husband. And, um, you know, we're definitely going to make a point of a Canucks game. And will I make it to see the giants? Maybe they're home while I'm there, but I take you spending all that time on transit to go see a clone of seven other rinks I've been to before. It doesn't sound that appealing, but Prince Albert is just like, it's, it's, it's remote. It's beautiful. It's a end of the world kind of place. And the barn was really, really cool. Like it was great atmosphere. Um, so yeah, like it, that was the highlight of the trip. It made it worth coming. Good. That's nice yeah, definitely. Hear. I, I really liked it. The fans are great. I was chatting with the old lady sitting beside me all game. Yeah. Like it, it was real good. I, I had a, f- a bit of a funny story where I was, um, I had been on uh, Raiders radio during the Memorial Cup in Halifax. And so they, I knew those guys and they welcomed me back. They, they asked if I'd come on for secondary mission. So I went and did that during the secondary mission. And on my way back to the seats, the game was just getting going again. But I got stopped by two guys who saw I was wearing my Guelph Storm jersey. And they were from Ontario. But I guess they live out here now. And the one guy said he was from Beaverton. And, uh, you know, we, we talked for a while. Is that a real place? Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I, don't, I, don't I, I honestly don't know. Uh, I, I heard someone say okay. it was up near Aurelia. I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Kevin will look it up. Um, I've heard of it. I just don't know exactly where it is. So, um, But anyway, so I got back to the, to our seats, and I told Kevin and, and Chris about it, and I said, uh, yeah, these guys were from Beaverton. And an old woman sitting Great in front friends. of us like instantly turned around and said you're from ontario too and they're like we're from beaverton and i was like so that must be like your son right and she's like it could have been and then like a couple minutes later she got a text it was her son that i was talking to so it was like man this is small town to the interest of absolutely nobody other than steve and i uh beaverton is on the east side of lake simcoe directly across from barry oh okay yeah yeah, so, yeah i know where that is you guys don't very interesting no yeah. <laughs> i mean yeah so the so the game we talked about that. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, I mean, Pat's, Pat's not, lost. No, no, I mean, the game, you know, yeah, it wasn't the greatest game, but the building was full. Mm-hmm. The, the crowd was engaged. Yeah. Um, despite, you know, obviously they're winning, so it, it went well for them. But yeah, everybody was super friendly. There was people stopping, talking to us. My one complaint, and this is, um, it's, it's becoming a theme. So, I mean, I'm partial to teams that wear green and gold in the absence of anything else. <laughs> and so when I went to Valdor in 2007, I was determined I was going to buy a Valdor hat. And um, they didn't have a great merch selection up there. And I didn't wind up buying anything because there wasn't anything that nice. I wanted something obnoxiously green with the team logo on it. And so heading up to Prince Albert, and these guys can vouch for this, I was like, I'm going to buy a Prince Albert Raiders hat, and it's going to be obnoxiously green, and it's going to have the logo on it, and it's going to be great. And then, of course, they didn't have that either. So I'm still, I'm well, now <laughs> over to. Technically, they did have a green hat. I'm not wearing a hat that racist, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> was it the, uh, yeah, yeah, this guy. The, uh, the uh, culturally insensitive 
It was, yes. in fact. Yeah. But he's wearing a helmet now. Yeah. Yeah. The, so. the mascot was wearing the keffiyeh right up until last year at the Memorial Cup, but <laughs> they've switched him to a helmet for safety. <laughs> <laughs> They're still selling that. Yeah. yeah. There's like lots of merch was, with that uh, on there. Lots of merch with that on there. Yeah. Huh. It's painted right on the It's a little problematic, too. as they say. It's, pil- it's painted right on the walls in the rink. Wow. Yeah. Because they've gone through a few. You you may not have. So they had that, and then they went to a pirate. Yeah. Yeah. And now they're no, they went to something else too. It's like a it's like a a sword with the with the letters P. They just got rid of the the guy. Just totally eliminate that element. But they still sell throwback merch. Yeah. Yeah. But they wore they wore it once last year. They did. Yeah. There was a guy wearing it. Yeah. One of the totally. So. I mean, it's not the most racist logo in the CHL. <laughs> I mean, we might have went to the next racist one the day after, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm still giving that title to Shewin again, though. Yeah. Yeah, sure. I think we all, like, if anyone has heard that story, it's, it's definitely Shewin again, like, well, hands down. Just, just explain what they have on their goal, because like, that, that really makes it. So every time uh, the Shewin again cataracts score a goal, they have a cigar store Indian, like, literally carved out of wood hanging from the rafters on a pulley and they they wheel it out on a winch over center ice and like he's pointing at the opposition team goalie. Oh my god. I'm I'm not joking. And and, and this was something they had in their old building. Like they played in like a really old building, yeah. but they moved to a new one in like 2009 and they moved it with to the new building. Yeah, I went to a game at the old um Jacques Plant Arena and she went again right before it closed. I haven't been to the new building still, but like that was the oldest seeming building I've ever been to. Like a, they had an old like 1970s style like dot matrix uh, scoreboard, no centerized clock. Like this was literally hanging in one end. And other than that, there was basically literally nothing there that wasn't from the 1930s. Like it's just the building opened brand new in the 30s and just was not touched. Like what it wasn't even seats? painted wood. Like uh, just ni- bench? No, 90 degrees. Uh, it, like the flat bench and then like a massive seat back. Yeah, yeah. so uncomfortable. <laughs> but um, <laughs> it yeah, like, it's it, like Taylor Field. Yeah. But yeah, like like literally, like there was an old guy. We we found out like controlling this uh, Indian, like uh, old guy at the back of the um, stands, like and it was literally like a button, and like he'd flip the switch, and like the winch would the Indian would get winched out over the ice, and and it comes down in center ice. Yeah. Well, no, not well, down. Like, it just yeah. comes, like, across the rafters kind of thing. Oh, yeah, like, okay. he's up in one of the r- r- building's corners, and then when they score, he gets winched out over center ice and then gets withdrawn again. But like, yeah, that so old building they, had like support columns in the seats. Like there were obstructed views everywhere. It was crazy. Old and they got rid of it, that rink. Yeah. But decided to bring that. They brought along the Indian with them. Yep. And they made the the logo more racist as yeah. well. Like like this logo isn't because they updated everything. Like teams will do that. You get into a new rink. Let's yeah. let's like yeah. restylize the logo. And they went more racist with it <laughs> because <laughs> catar- you know, cataract in French it's waterfall. Okay. So why why Native American? I don't know. Sure. And and there was a time where that wasn't their logo. Like that wasn't their original logo or anything. They decided along the years, let's make this the logo. Um, one year, their season ticket drive in the summer, um, they had an ad where it was a player, at like half like it was like half face. And one half is like a player wearing a helmet looking like mean and ready to go to play. And the other half was a Native American uh-huh. wearing a headdress. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, just yeah. <laughs> because. Because Quebec. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Right. 
So so after the game, you know, there was <laughs> <laughs> Well, unless you want to keep going on this. No. So anyway, uh, Prince Albert's power play was really good. We haven't <laughs> solved racism yet, guys. <laughs> yeah. We better keep going. Four white so, guys in their thirties will solve racism here yeah. on the WHL podcast. Yeah. 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 All right. So So after the game we stopped and people stopped us quite a few times and we're making our way to this lounge. What did you, what, what did you get in your Pats jersey? I was wearing my maroon. Yeah. Did you get any oh, Reagan or anything? No, no. No, okay. no, PA, okay. no, just no, no, no. PA was outstanding. Yeah. They're yeah. like, you guys are out here coming up to PA to watch a game. and You were the only Pats fan in the building, though. I was, but we've <laughs> seen Pats fans in PA before. I didn't, yeah. I didn't see any on Saturday night. Okay. But okay. They were the smart ones that stayed home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But so, so we make our way to this lounge, and uh, I can see that they've got some interviews going on, but there's some friendly guys chatting, and so we were, we we're talking with them. And so we wandered in this lounge, and here it's Trevor Redden, the play-by-play guy. They got the color guy on a couch, and they got players on the couch. So they're doing their post-game interview right there in the lounge. Yeah. Live on the radio. Live on the radio, yeah. And there's 30 tables of people sitting around, eating food, drinking. Huh. Doing whatever like and cheering the interviews at certain times. Yeah, yeah cheering and yeah. Like cheering the players. And yeah, yeah, yeah. As they walk up on the I mean, stage, their goalie and did have a shutout. A, yeah. an easy one. Oh yeah, and they've so got the then the Ed Chenoweth cups just sitting there on a yeah, table. Yeah. And the cups just sitting there. Okay, before we go much further, what do you get to keep it the whole year? Yeah, I assume is that so. a thing? I, I like. I know last time Guelph won the OHL title, the trophy was like just sitting in the team store on game days for most of the season. You must, you must just by the playoffs. I think you have to give it back. Yeah, but. Yeah. I think it's yours for most of the year, unless the league needs it for something in particular. It's interesting. I wonder. Yeah, I don't know if it's going to be there all year or what. Yeah. Yeah. So it was. It was a great setup, and like, that's kind of cool. The post game ended. Then if, it was, I don't know, maybe ten, fifteen minutes later, people kind of like started walking up and taking pictures with the trophy, and we're like, okay, so these guys went up and claimed it for the ohl for themselves i mean i can i can touch the trophy <laughs> yeah 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 i mean I, I i yeah like i had my arm around it and i'm like well it's not like the guelph storm are ever going to win the edgemouth cup and uh that's what i posted as my caption on uh, instagram and i've just been informed uh by my now former uh podcast host co-host brian thompson he says yeah and now they won't anymore good job dipshit <laughs> <laughs> well, good old bride yeah he's always good for one yeah <laughs> So yeah, it was great, and then we we spent I don't know forty five minutes up there chatting That's with cool. fans. It, it took and, us yeah. like an hour after the game before we could leave because people just kept stopping us. Yeah, the, the locals were so friendly we couldn't get away. Yeah, yeah. it was outstanding. That's, I was very impressed. Yeah, okay. that's a cool story. Yeah, the gritty yeah. shirt was amazing. Oh yeah, <laughs> I mean if you follow like us on uh, social media, like I can't show right now. You're listening to this, but. Um, I'll I'll retweet it. Yeah, this guy it, was wearing this amazing. Like this looks shirt. like a shirt that was made in like the mid nineties yeah. when all like the most horrific shit was being made. Like, <laughs> all the neon colors and yeah. shapes and Nike things. And Gritty's know. only been around for what a year? A, one year. So this is, this is, this is a new recently. shirt. They introduced him. We we uh, they introduced him uh, when we were on our Quebec trip actually last year because right. we were driving through Montreal uh, and I, I was driving and you were like so the Flyers introduced a mascot and and we went through the whole range of gritty emotions from this is the dumbest thing in the world to I will literally die for gritty within like six hours. <laughs> it was a long drive to Bay Como, okay? <laughs> it's way out there, yeah. So, yeah, everyone was super friendly and yeah, it was 
it was real good. Uh, Nothing but great things to say about Prince Albert. Yeah. Yep. How like, late were you guys out? I guess Matt Rose just tweeting in saying uh, PA's putting in a curfew. Were you guys out before, uh, after curfew or no? I don't know what <laughs> curfew is, but well, our hotel. So we, uh, yeah, we stayed like right the, beside the rink. Yeah, like oh. our the really view good. out the window was of the Art Houser Center. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah. And, and we, we had the penthouse in yeah. the hotel. <laughs> we had the best suite. Yeah, we, we, we had a good room courtesy of one Kevin Jordan. Yeah. And um, and there was a bar attached to the hotel. And we figured, you know, we, were, we thought about going back to where we had had dinner because yeah, it was downtown. a pretty decent place. Yeah, it was really nice. Yeah. And, and we, but then we're like, you know, we don't want to have to make Chris, you know, drive. So, yeah. what, you know, we're there's like, a bar attached. right here. Let's, let's just go down there. How bad can it be, right? How bad mm. can it be? Ooh. <laughs> oh. Yay. Showed it I'll never colors. forget it. <laughs> um, well, as we were walking down the hall to this place. It was um, called Bailey's. It was called Bailey's Lounge. So instantly we're like, is we'll, this we'll the Rippers? We'll get some sweet uh, yeah. Yeah. It, it, checks it, from them now. We're not, we're not used, uh, like whatever law you have in Saskatchewan that like you can't, children can't see you drinking alcohol. So all the, like the, the bar parts have to be sealed off or whatever. I don't know what's like, I've seen that in a couple of places here. Yeah. So like Bailey's, we're walking up to it and there's like this rhinestone sign over the door and like, you can tell through the, like it's frosted glass, but you can tell it's like sort of like pulsing, like soft lights on the other side. And I'm just like, it, you, I, it's, I'm 50, 50, whether it's going to be strippers <laughs> on the other side. <laughs> And thank well, th- thankfully, oh. thankfully, with the clientele there, no. But there uh, might have been some clothes being PA strippers. Lost. Well, we were we 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 found a couch uh, to sit on, like couch, couch. like two. There okay. were two couches. Yeah, <laughs> table. there were. It was not in a VIP room. Um, were these cloth couches? <laughs> no, leather, no, leather, leather. Okay. leather. But it, there was these two couches with a coffee table kind of in between. Mm-hmm. So we just kind of sat there and ordered our drinks and. Um, but we were kind of, there was like a, uh, like an upper level to it, but only like a couple feet up. So, and it was right beside us and there was like this glass, um, railing, railing beside me. And then this, this couple started dancing right beside it. And then his ass got pressed right up against the glass, like right next to my face. So that was cool. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. We basically watched an ill-advised hookup in progress. Well, I mean, it goes, it goes <laughs> like, a lot to say when you have to pay for the drink, you know, as they give it to you. Yeah, yeah no tabs there, that's for sure. Did you Crazy. eat there? No, we did not eat okay. there. <laughs> I don't know if they even offer food there. <laughs> I mean, they do have a restaurant on the other side, but the lounge did not. I don't think they offered food, All but right. it was pay for your drink as you go. Yeah. But well, that yeah, it, was, it was interesting. We've seen a little bit of PA that we... I was kind of expecting. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, you, you got to see every side of a town when you go <laughs> yeah. there, right? We, I don't. We were know. blown away by the first part of PA. We we're like, "Wow, this is awesome!" Yeah, and then yeah, it's like okay. then reality. Then, yeah, then it's like, reality yeah. set in, but I'm not going to let it diminish no, my good no. experience of PA. No, yeah, no, not good. at all. That's good. Okay, so then uh, stayed in PA that PA that night, and then down to did you drive go right to Moose Jaw? No, we stopped in Saskatoon. Right. Okay. So they have a game today too. It was our other option for Sunday. Right. I think it looked like it would have been a better game to see, but yeah. Steve really wanted to see Moose John instead. Yeah. So well, I don't think he actually really wanted to see Moose John instead. Well, <laughs> just the OCD thing. It, it's it, at that point, it was the only rink in Saskatchewan I hadn't had seen, seen a game yeah. in, so I wanted it. So yeah, he's seen I mean, a bunch. I didn't care. So yeah, he's seen a bunch in Saskatoon already. So mm-hmm. we stopped in. Uh, we wanted ourselves down to the business office as the doors were locked we found one door that was open and 
asked if we could do a little tour, take some pictures, and the lady was very friendly and yeah. led us into the rink. And yeah. uh, every non-Moose Javian I've met in Saskatchewan <laughs> has been super friendly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they let us. Uh, I don't think the Zamboni driver was too keen on getting his picture taken as he was like shielding his face oh, while he's trying to drive the Zamboni. I, I think he was also <laughs> screwing around with like the other employee. Like they seem to know each other. So, <laughs> so, so we got a. We got in there, checked it out, and then uh, yeah. we moved on to Moose Jaw. I was happy to see it. I mean, that's good enough for me for so now. Well, I'm sure we'll be back at some point. So did you tell them that? I don't know if it's the official story of Sask Place, with the why it was built. No, I did not. The so Saskatoon Blues. Yeah, I've, I've, oh, heard, the yeah, I've heard the story. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So Saskatchewan has, they're still holding on to the dream of having yeah. an NHL. I, like yeah. I said, Saskatoon looks down on us, right? Like, okay. so, so it's like Hamilton, <clears throat> but flatter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it ne- we had a we had a bit of a bit of a boom a couple of years ago, and then the talk started happening again. You know, could, could we do it? Could you know, Winnipeg has one again? They can do it, and we no. could we could support an NHL team. And so I asked these guys too, what do you like better, Regina or Saskatoon? Because they've both been to both cities now. I mean, I, I don't have an answer to that. I mean, I mean, Steve, I guess has yeah. a really I've, good. I've spent over a week in both cities, so. And I know Saskatoon really looks down upon us, but Steve is as much Steve's team Regina. Yeah, yeah. yeah. which so uh, nothing I mean, wrong with that. I, I, I spend a lot of in both. I've spent a lot of time now. Saskatoon's got its yeah thing. Yeah, but I mean they look <laughs> down on us. Exactly. <laughs> I, I mean the thing they'll always go to is the river. Yeah, and it's like well, well the yeah for me like my experience of Saskatoon was the uh, arena and the ring road. Yeah, yeah. And, and that end of end of experience. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm not qualified to answer that. It's question. all right. I, I'm not. They, they did not build their arena in a very smart place. <sighs> I mean, it's the argument, and, and you saw it in Moose Jaw. It's the downtown versus mm-hmm. outside the city argument, and. I mean, I'm generally team downtown uh, in most cases. I mean, there are cases where it makes sense to build it outside the city. But I mean, if we're using this as a segue into Moose Jaw, my big issue with Moose Jaw is just they built a suburban arena downtown. Like it's the whole thing is just like this massive um, hulking fortress of a building that's just completely out of scale with downtown and does not integrate with it at all. Like it would have been fine if they'd built it out where the crush can was, like it would have fit mm-hmm. right in there. Mm-hmm. But uh, downtown, no, it just doesn't fit. It is a ugly building. Yes. yes you it just is. go up to it and it's this big brick. If, if it didn't, if you didn't see the front facade, you you wouldn't know what it is. Yeah, and uh, one of my followers on Twitter from uh, Gatineau, he's uh, he saw my picture of it. And he's just like, is uh, it, did you is this a picture of a Warriors themed grocery store? <laughs> yeah, easily. Well, it's right yeah. beside a Safeway. Yeah, and then you got it's the Safeway guys out there monitoring their parking lot, making sure nobody parks there. Yeah, and and that's the argument a lot of Moose Javians have had is that the parking around there is just well, there isn't. It's non-existent. Yeah. But I mean, I haven't really haven't had too much of an issue. You got to walk a little bit. Yeah, I mean, we in Regina we have a parking lot, and you have to walk yeah. probably just as far if you don't want to park right in the middle of the parking lot and wait half an hour to get out. <laughs> yeah, so, exactly. Right? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I came into this completely blind. Like this yeah. weekend, I have no. I, I, Saskatchewan is the province of the. T- I've been to all ten provinces, but Saskatchewan is the province I've spent the least amount of time in until this weekend. I had no idea of the, like the culture or the rivalries or anything like that. And it's like as friendly as Prince Albert was, Moose Jaw was equally unfriendly, which is which was interesting. Wasn't their slogan the friendly city? Yeah, <laughs> it is. Well, think, or is it still or was? I don't know. It was at one point. So like like the first 
thing we noticed, and it's not like I'm expecting a welcoming party or anything, don't get me wrong, but yesterday, like, we could barely walk anywhere in that arena without people noticing our jerseys and going, where are you guys from? They wanted to know everything about us. Right. We did not get a single comment today about our, like, and we weren't wearing the same jerseys, but we were still wearing out of town, like, a Brampton Battalion jersey is pretty noticeable, I'd say, and not, like, no one even batted an eye. At least at our jerseys, I think uh, Chris got some eyes batted towards his I'm way. Sure, of disgust. Did. Yeah. After the game, there's the usual Moose Javian comments. Like we've after went, after the game, yeah, after, yeah. after they, they won, won. Yeah. yeah, after they won, they still had to throw out their two cents, and I come to expect that. And I didn't hear anyone give. I didn't any really crap, hear, like during the game. No, reading, it wasn't any. Was the drum in your ear? No, the drum guy wasn't near us this time. I didn't really was hear. Was there him. a drum? I, I didn't no, I don't see think there was one. a drum no. guy tonight. But I there's a, quite a few Pats fans there. I wasn't um, the okay. only one. Um, but I mean, first impression of the place, like I walked in and I thought this, this place looks nice. It, it felt way bigger. When Chris told me it only seats 4,500, I said, there's no way. Like this feels like at least like 6,000 seats. And it's just, it's not. Maybe just because the roof is so high and mm-hmm. for whatever reason they had to have that, um, that, they got that fog in there like the ambiance fog which yeah, is like the, the game was just lingering it was lingering <laughs> the whole time we were there like it, it was just weird to see that for a game i've like never noticed it before but i didn't notice it during the game i guess i was just used um, to it but but there's a lot of those little things that kevin notices about arenas that i don't and yeah. so like i said my first impressions were good but then you know there as the game went on the things changed a little bit i mean i'm going to write up this weekend and put it on my website but like uh the previ- i i usually think about uh, what i'm going to say for a while before i actually put any pen to paper but uh you know moose i already know the gist of it is basically going to be uh, the experience there is total amateur hour and that could be really cool. Like in an old school building, like a Prince Albert or a Swift current or something like that, it, it, like they basically present the game as if it was like the pre-corporate world, like where, you, you know, it's just like a bunch of school kids running the show and, uh, you know, they're just doing things in a really old fashioned way. They're not really trying to make money or trying to like really impress anyone. It's just a hockey game. And like that, that's cool if you've got a building that supports it, but you know, Moose Jaw creates the impression that they're uh, they've got this brand new building and it's it's beautiful. Like it is a it's a lovely facility, but like you know the not we notice like not all the lights are pointed at the ice. Like if you're sitting in row five, like you've got a yeah, massive yeah. spotlight in your eye all game. And in both uh, corners, there's two yeah. into row five. Is literally you look this way, there's a light in your eye. Yeah. Look this way, light in your eye. That's why the rink, the ice is so dark. Yeah. Okay. And the the like the music keeps playing. I mean, I'm sure all your listeners <laughs> know this. Eleven seconds. Eleven seconds at one point there, there into was, play. There, there Never was seen play, that before. The the face off in one zone. The play went all the way down to the other zone, and like a fight for the puck behind the net, and then it got back out in front of the net before the music shut off. Is that not like a WHL rule should or be, something. It's not. Yeah, this isn't lacrosse where you play music or basketball. Mm-hmm. You play music. Like, like it's one p- thing. Like if if they do it okay, you can just like slowly turn it down after the puck drops and mm-hmm. it kind of lingers out. But like it's like they stand there for ten seconds watching and then but decide to really slow it. Turn. You think maybe they forgot? But they do it every. I know. Yeah, it's I know. The, it's the disconnect for me between the this brand new, not totally brand new anymore, but like this really new, beautiful facility and like the clowns running it basically is just uh really up weird like you you know you, when you walk into a building like that you have a certain expectation of that it's going to be a professional show and it, it it wasn't but um you know if, if you walk into a building that's like you know any of the ones that we saw this weekend it would have been i i probably would have found it more endearing than anything else but it's just it, it was weird 
They certainly win the award for most pixely video board in the CHL. That one's bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For for a building that new, yeah. that's that's not that's mm-hmm. like inexcusable. Yeah, you could excuse of current NPA not having one until recently. And they did. Yeah, they had pretty bad ones. They did. Well. Yeah. Well, and, 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 and like and I said, we we like the Owen Sound in the OHL is a super low roof and we thought they'll never be able to get a video board and now they they do have one and it's very clear and it's just like, wow, they, if they can do it, anyone can do it. Yeah. And Moose Jaw has a roof that it's like Five it feels, it's like a, it feels like a junior version of of Buffalo's arena and it's just like man you it's it's a good enough size it's just it's pixely as hell get a new one and it's yeah. got, still got a score clock on it like they don't even integrate that i don't mind yeah. like you don't have to have the whole video board thing you can have a scoreboard it's just get one that you don't like it's just it's so pixely <laughs> like you know trying to watch a replay it's like watching the Zapruder tape <laughs> <laughs> and like like kevin was mentioned like so we go and grab some food and there's you know, it's dark in there and it's yeah and the thing is it's gotten brighter than it was because i remember i was in there for one game and people at the tables were literally using flashlights to do stuff and i'm just like <laughs> this is like a brand new building what why are you using flashlights to do your you know sell your whatever yeah, 5050s yeah. or jersey draw like why are you using flashlights like there's a few more lights in there now but so we roll up and we get some we just order some fries a little snack roll over to the concession bar well, there's like a $5 lamp from Walmart <laughs> clamped onto the concession bar so you can see all the condiments. What the hell you're putting on it. Yes. Like, it's so ghetto. <laughs> like, yeah, like you said. Something you it, would expect to see in a Prince Albert and you wouldn't even give them shit for it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, you expect it. Okay, well, they can't run power over here anymore. Power's not accessible over here in Moose Jaw or, or uh, in PA or stuff current. But Moose Jaw, it's a brand new building. You can't even you know, light up your condiments. Like, come on. You, yeah. you do, people sometimes ask me like to take this on a broader level, like what's the best building you've been to? And like you, you asked me on this podcast and it's hard to answer because how do you compare the Videotron Center in Quebec City with like Swift Current, right? Yeah. But you judge each building on its own merits and for the build, the merits of a brand new building like Moose Jaws, they've, it's by far the worst I've ever seen because they're not taking advantage of all the things that a new building should have, do well. It's, it, it is a beautiful building. Yeah, and yeah. Yeah. They, if they played their cards right, I don't know if you would put a Memorial Cup in Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan, but the building itself on its own, I think, could host a Memorial Cup if you did things right. Yeah. And it's just, there's a lot of things going wrong there. And it's just, you know. Yeah. And then they got, they got their, they got some work to do. You know, yeah. it, it, it's got potential and they can turn this around. But, and, and the biggest thing about that is that uh, all of the complaints that we have are fixable. It's not like these yeah. are intran- intractable problems. Like you can't really expect band the you know centennial civic center and swift current like it is it is what it is in moose jaw it's all things like game presentation and like the people running the show uh, doing their jobs correctly and all that like you know you you could bring in a new owner to completely overhaul the show and within like a season you could have all these problems fixed and as far as like an atmosphere is concerned like it wasn't obviously a big crowd and i've heard a lot of things about the moose jaw crowds being thin it was a half decent crowd today like uh, like they said attendance was 3100 we kind of said it was more like 25 27 but the people who were there were a bit engaged not nearly to the point that the pa crowd was last night but certainly way more than like the swift current crowd was so again it's it's like not trying to crap on the atmosphere of the fans it's just yeah so <laughs> like another ticket so there's a puck like 
gets put over the boards. <laughs> no, not that one. <laughs> I forgot about that one. <laughs> so a playing puck got flipped over the glass, and it hits a lady in the head. Oh, like side of the head. Oh, yeah, yeah, lady too. Yeah. Okay. So you think, okay, yeah, somebody's gonna come check her out. You know, some staff, right? Wait, no, wait, <laughs> not one She's person. She literally held the puck to her head because it was cold. It was like, okay, this might. She was a trooper. She kept yes. going. Like she was just kept watching. She the didn't game. ask for help, but using nobody, the, nobody offered her help. Using the cold puck as a like, compress. Yeah. yeah, it went straight off the side of her head and then hit the seat like behind her. The row behind her was empty, and then it fell like right behind her. And we're like, it's behind you. Like yeah. Kevin's like, normally I would go for that, but like no, she yeah, earned she it. <laughs> When you take a bean from a puck, that's your puck. Like, yeah. we, you know, we you were the closest next people to that. Like, I could have easily gone and grabbed it. It was just sitting on the ground for like 10 seconds. Oh, like, this man. is that, that puck. That's that lady's puck. <laughs> so, it. and then we're looking around. We're looking, oh, is there ushers around? Well, there's a couple on the other side, and they're worried about, you know, not walking down the stairs during play. Yeah. And then after the game's over, so Moose Jaw won, so they're going to have, you know, multiple stars of the game. So all the kids run down to the glass to get the prize or the oh, you know yeah. the giveaway the sticker stick yeah. and giveaways right well this usher was more worried about the kids touching the glass than people getting hit and hit in the head with the puck like every time the kid touched the glass she was like no stay off the glass stay off the glass and then they announced the first star she starts banging the glass and i was just like oh, on the yeah, other on the straw. opposite side of the rink for, from us because we were we were looking towards the benches yeah we were right across from the moose jaw tunnel so on right beside their tunnel there's two ushers down there and i could see them like they had their arms out kind of waving them in a way so like don't touch the glass like they were like the barrier between the kids and the glass it's like, just like that's the on. biggest concern they have is kids but touching god the glass. forbid someone come and you know the, that 50 something year old lady getting hit in the head with a yeah, puck nobody attended her no, no it's so well, sad and, and we tried to count afterwards we're like how many ushers are there and it was like what we count many. like five six yeah. in the whole building yeah so yeah, and then yeah, then walking out after, and the guys like go home, waste right, of yeah. money, you know, like yeah, what are you doing yeah. here? Oh, sorry, I'm spending money in your city. Next yeah. time I won't come because I don't think I'll be going back anytime soon. I'd rather drive to BA to see a game than Moose Jaw. Like, like yeah. I said before, it was baseball. It's been hockey. It's yeah. it's just sad. They're just sad people. Well, I could have easily gone to this game. And I said, I really don't feel like going to Moose Jaw. Yeah, and well, sitting there. I mean, there are cities that I've been to that, like, you know, I dream about going back to Veldor and Naranda, which is not often you hear people say that, but because they're just mining towns and the towns themselves aren't much. But, like, I, I loved it there. Yeah. Uh, we loved Chikudami and Baycomo last yeah. year. That was a great Ramuski experience. Ramuski was great. Um, you know, most of the East Coast is great. Um, there are places in Ontario that are fabulous. And, like, Moose Jaw's, like, it's ticked off the list and I'm never going back. <laughs> and, and, and the thing is, you know, we've been live tweeting throughout the weekend. And Kevin was was mentioning some of these things during the game, you know, the lighting and the and the sound and the ushers and stuff. And it seems the Moose Javians have taken to the criticism really well on Twitter. It's the first time I've ever been sassed for just doing the thing that I do out there. Like, I mean, I'm, not, yeah, a bi- I'm not a big deal. I'm just some douche with a Twitter account and a website. Like, <laughs> you know, like I've been doing it for 16 years now, but like that doesn't give me any, like it's just my opinion. Yeah, but like some- Moose Jaw's the only people who've gotten testy about how dare you point out that our condiments are with a walmart <laughs> lamp <laughs> gotta mention uh we did go to the site of the crushed can before the game and they have like a sobeys liquor store where it was yeah and they actually like made it look like the crushed can 
like from the outside. Oh yeah, yeah. Like yeah. that was kind of cool. Yeah, <laughs> they've they've honored the tradition now, there. That was a cool rink. Yeah, <clears throat> it was cool in that barn sense. It was you used to watch highlights, so we had this old sports shows, local sports show at eleven or ten thirty. I forget. Yeah. And the camera would be up in the top. You couldn't see the other side of the, like you could barely see the other side of the ice. Yeah, there, <laughs> were, there is another crushed can out there. There's a a clone in in Longueuil, Quebec, where the there used to be a Quebec League team called the Chevalier that played there. It's a like a South Source suburb of Montreal, and so I never saw the crushed can before they tore it down. But I've been to that rink in Longueuil, and it was just, it's it's just weird. Man. Still exists. Yeah, oh yeah, Ooh. still there. It's uh, pure concrete built in the 60s. Uh, yeah. Like the crush can was first. The Lungan yeah. was a copy. But um, I think this was yeah. cinder block. Yeah, it was yeah. really cool though to, to huh. get to see that just because it's so different from anything else. Yeah, I remember those highlights. It was literally, you, you couldn't even see the boards, I don't think, yeah. on the other side could, where the cameras yeah. were. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah it was the cool. same. The same yeah. Quebec we, one, went, we did go to a game there yeah, once. Yeah, we went one time before s- they tore it down. Well, well, I mean, I, I'm not like if I lived in Moose Jaw, I'm sure I'd be happy to have a new building and, and yeah, all that. But, yeah. uh, you know, it, it, it's a s- sad thing that they tore down. Like that was an icon. Like that was the one Western Hockey League rink people in in, in Ontario could name. Yeah. Like everybody knew the crushed can. Yeah. yeah. And it's just, it's sad that they just tore it down. And, you know, we've been telling them, we want to start a thing. Like someone in Moose Jaw, start your own damn podcast and talk shit to us because we're going to keep talking it. Yeah. And we hope that rivalry gets a little... A little more heated, and uh, hopefully can win a game against. Them. Well, yeah. we won the one game. Well, I think Kevin mentioned Kevin mentioned during the game. This is a team that's been around in 1984 and since 1984. And when was their oldest banner from? 2004. Yeah, they had no banners for the first 20 years, and still never won the league or anything like that. And yeah. generally speaking, like I, I'm, I don't. It's a weird thing for somebody like in my position to say, but I don't care about sports that much. Like, I, you know, who wins and who loses, who wins the championship. Like, you know, I really, really wanted London to win uh, their first OHL title, which it took us 40 years to accomplish. And after that, it's just, yeah, everything's great. Like, if we win or, <laughs> if we win or lose, it doesn't affect me that much. But, uh, you know, I always like seeing teams that have never won before win. Like, I was so happy to see, uh, like, the past few years from out of the Western Hockey League, that it'd be Seattle and that it'd be um, Swift Curran hasn't won in so long and then Prince Albert hadn't won in so long. And Moose Jaw, like, when they when they had such a good team last year, I was really pulling for them. And now, after having been there, it's like, eh, fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think that, that's a pretty good summary. Yeah. That's yeah. a good way to wrap this up. And thank you to you guys for having us on and yeah. hosting us. Yeah, yeah, thanks for coming on. It's yeah, thank you to Chris for uh, agreeing to take on somebody that he's never met before. And yes, <laughs> you can sleep in my house. Let me drive you all around my province. This is yeah. the second yeah. time in a, yeah. In, yeah. In a year. Yeah. yeah. No, it's... Uh, good network we have here i'm glad uh mm-hmm. i'm glad you guys could come out and obviously uh, if you ever find yourself in london or guelph i'm sure we'll return the favor well yeah. it might actually happen yeah. someday so <laughs> all right well let's wrap it up for the week a uh, couple games coming up here a quick one on tuesday and then the weekend we'll get this podcast out monday and uh yeah thanks guys that was a lot of fun yeah thanks, coming thanks on for talking us. hockey yeah thanks for having us thanks for the hospitality all right we'll see you at the rink